It's the season finale of Not Playing with Lex and Dan. I'm Lex. I'm Dan. Is it over already, Lex? It feels like it just started. Almost before it's even begun, Dan. But of course, this is the podcast where you and I watch movies that most of the world has seen, but that one or both of us has missed. Wow. I know. What a great idea for a podcast. It should run for 10 seasons. <laughs> we watched some great ones this season. We, we did. got to see Pretty Woman yep. and Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, a movie that I can't believe I have seen, but I have. Yeah. Little Shop of Horrors, which you really did not enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> a whole slew. It's a true. veritable slew of films, Dan. We've really run the gamut this year. Yeah, in the past, we've done theme years. Uh, this was sort of a back to basics year for us. And mm-hmm. next season being our 10th anniversary, we got to start some wow. important stuff cooking for that. I can't wait. I'm fired up. I like watching movies with you. I I don't know if we've ever watched a movie together in person. (laughs) One time, there is, as eagle-eared listeners will know, half of one episode of Not Playing with Lex and Dan was once recorded with the two of us in person, (laughs) which is perhaps the most on-brand version of us during this show. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's a lot of technology like a lot of a lot of things have to go right for this podcast to work <laughs> i'm amazed it goes right as often as it does i gotta be honest yeah. but dan today as our listeners already know from the episode title we're watching a movie that neither of us has seen which is gattaca or gattaca and ever since you told me that's what we're watching i've been saying gattaca gattaca to the beat of attica attica mm, which mm, i think is mm. from something i don't a, know what. a movie we haven't seen you guess we should put that on the list <laughs> i know nothing about Gattaca, literally nothing. The only two things I know about Gattaca, or three things, are because I had to load the page on Amazon and I saw that it has Ethan Hawke, Uma Thurman, and I believe it involves space travel and genetically inferior and superior humans. But that's all from the Amazon page. You've described most of what I know. So this movie came out, what, 99, 98, somewhere in there? Late 90s. 97. I, I, I remember friends seeing it at the time and speaking highly of it and being like, oh, yeah, that was a cool movie. Like, it's it's pretty good. So, like, I have a positive association of it. I just never got around to watching it. And I did know about Ethan, Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman. I think this might be when they met before they got married. Not when they met after they got married. That was a whole different story. <laughs> uh, and... I know that it involves sort of, yeah, like genetically, it's a commentary, I think, to a certain degree of like uh, genetics, genetic engineering, stuff like that. And I don't want to say, uh, there's one other thing I know, but I'm hesitant to say it because I do think it's it's potentially a spoiler and I don't, mm. don't want to spoil you. I don't care about the audience, whatever. They, they've seen this, right? No, they're on their own. But you, I feel like maybe that's enough of an interesting hook that I want to like leave it and we'll talk about it afterwards. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I also, I mean, listen, we're watching this movie. It's happening. Uh, this is one of the ones that I think stretches the premise of our podcast. Interesting. <laughs> because I'm not sure if many people have seen this movie. Like, I don't know if this was a popular movie. I was just looking at its box office. It did $12.5 million domestically on a budget of $36 million. So I guess it would not be considered a smashing success <laughs> as these things go. I would put it in the sort of, uh, I don't know if it's either a cult classic or sort of like a like a critical darling, like a thing that critics liked, but it was not necessarily a, a blockbuster movie. Like but this I, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do critics like this podcast? <laughs> they love it. They oh, love that's it. That's great to hear. I don't read the reviews. So I think, uh, yeah, it, does it certainly, I think, fall in the sort of the cult classic sort of 
category. I think that's probably more accurate, yes, than saying it's like a movie most people have seen. But it depends on the community, right? Like, I feel like among incomparable listeners who tend to be people who watch a lot of sci-fi movies, this might be a movie that that most of them have seen. Ah, fair. But not us. All right. Well, uh, that's going to be fixed soon, Dan, because we are going to watch it like right now. You keep saying this and it hasn't happened yet, but yeah. yeah okay. but, it's gonna. but the only way this could possibly be better is, of course, if you out there joined us and watched the movie along with us, which you can do. Lex, tell them how. If you do it right now, you can join our Amazon.com watch party that we have set up, <laughs> but you'd have to really be listening very immediately. That's a very high membership tier. <laughs> But no, the, the trick is to go to the incomparable.com slash members. That's where you can sign up to, to pledge some amount of money. There's a couple different tiers to the incomparable each month. And you get to allocate your funds uh, to your favorite shows. Uh, and of course, they're all your favorites, but especially this one and all the other ones that Dan and I do. But it's a great way to support a great group of people. You get all kinds of uh, members-only podcasts, bootlegs, and uh, all kinds of special things, including, as Dan was alluding to, the ability to watch along with us in real time, to listen in as we watch the movie. And I promise we don't talk over the movie too much. We talk over it just <laughs> the right amount it's like watching yeah. with your friends when you're you know uh, like chilling out at somebody's house and like you got a movie on and you want to you know point out things about the movie that's that's about the level we're at not to the point where you're shushing people yeah no exactly. oh yeah yeah we don't do shushing <laughs> well lex we have concluded our watch through of Gattaca. That was Gore Vidal as the director. Oh, it's Elias Cotillas as his dad. Okay. Maya Rudolph? I, Maya Rudolph was the one who delivered him, but I, I didn't wow. know that. I didn't catch that at the time. I did not catch that at the time. I kind of want to run this what, back the person, Ken, Ken Marino, Marino was the sequencing team <laughs> agent. But Maya Rudolph was the one who was saying all the, uh, oh, all the stuff. Yeah. What yeah. ways he was going to die. <laughs> wow. There's a lot of people in this movie. Yeah. All right. Well, you want to kick this off, this discussion? How do you feel? So, I don't know. I think I think I thought it was okay, but not great. Here here let's start with the things I didn't like. I did not like the narration as a storytelling device in this movie. I did not think it fit. It's a it's a bit dated. I understand why they did it, but I agree that it's not it feels a little bit on the lazier side, but I guess, I don't know, there's like style and, and like fashion and stuff like that, right? Like it feels like maybe that was something that made more sense at the time. Yeah. I need a lot of it or I need to know who he's talking to or why or I need he's talking or to need it not at all. Right. But like, it doesn't make sense. And then I hate all, and this is not, I understand the, the problem that Andrew Nichol is battling. Any scene in any production where any character says to another character, anything like, you don't recognize your own brother, I hate so much because it's <laughs> not how people talk. And it is like exposition-y. Spooky Stevens was the unit publicist. That's a great <sighs> name. And so that always takes me out. And then like the brother rivalry thing here felt forced into a story that didn't need it as much. I get why they liked it. I get why it was important. But it felt weird to me. And then and then doing battle of let's go swimming again to see if you're going to turn me in or not makes no sense. <laughs> like, I just, I thought that was dumb. So there were things that I liked. I thought that everybody actually did a good job with their roles. Uh, and it was interesting. And I certainly liked the depth of what they were going for. But I did not, I did not love it. Interesting. Okay. What was your take? I, I enjoyed it, actually. I think the premise is really interesting. 
I think that one of the the tricky things about a movie this is from, like we said from 1997 and predicting stuff in like a sort of future like it's it's a near future kind of thing right and so they have certain things that are very uh, dated because it's like okay yes we can test everybody's DNA instantaneously but you know we have CRTs on our screens and there's no internet and anything like that so it's like a it's like yeah. a little pocket dimension almost right and some of it's very weird i feel like for me the stuff that fell down a bit was the i really liked the Ethan Hawke Jude Law dynamic and i liked the I liked the investigators. I didn't mind. I liked the brother twist too. Actually, I thought that that was kind of. I you know, if you listen to the commentary, you'll know. I think I figured it out right before it happened, and that always feels good when you're like right, like a step ahead of the film. Yeah, um, that was good. And I, and I didn't mind the the you know the brother rivalry with the like brother who is, uh, you know, a uh, genetically superior or whatever. It, it sort of parallels the stuff with him and Jerome, the real Jerome, right? Because like there is an aspect of brother like sibling relationship in that too. I think the stuff that fell down for me the most is I think Uma Thurman does a good job, but I don't think her character really exists. Right. <laughs> like right. I, I wanted to know more about her perceived shortcomings and why she was struggling in this program. I wanted to know mm. a little bit more about the program. Maybe that's like a, you know, secondary, but like feeling like a better understanding of what drives these people and like why did Uma Thurman want to be there and like why like what was her you know goal to me the best part of this movie was when it was waist deep in metaphor right when mm-hmm. it was really mm-hmm. diving into it's it's you know hey look how offensive this is and like you know just like hey we'll leave custodial work which as you pointed out they have all this technology but they've not figured out Roombas we'll have all this custodial work be assigned to people whose DNA we don't find impressive enough and those people are typically, I forget what Uma Thurman called them near the end. Like, you're, you're a god creation. God child. Um, yeah. But, like, I liked that stuff. But, yeah, Uma Thurman was particularly underwritten, and none of her motivations make sense. She's supposed to help investigate this crime and does not in yeah. really any significant way. Right. And uh, we like that she's also overcoming something. It seems that she finds out about him, but then she also yeah. seems surprised when she finds out there's like a real Jerome and I either wanted her to be more of a like antagonist, you know, sort of stringing him along in order to basically prove that he was guilty, even if he wasn't. And I kind of, that was a, uh, like plot wise. I really enjoyed that aspect of it, which is, they spend all this time in the movie searching for this one guy who they assume is the murderer, who we more or less know is not the murderer, but he still has to evade capture by the police, even though he did not do this crime, right? Like, I enjoyed that yeah. dichotomy. I thought that worked really well. I agree. I I, I appreciate... I like when a movie doesn't shy away from acknowledging the fact that it's a movie. Yeah. <laughs> in the sense of, like, it can be cute. And naming... The guy, or having the guy's middle name, Jude Law's middle name be Eugene, Eugene yeah. in a movie that's about eugenics is, is pretty funny to me. I enjoyed it. And like you said, it's an enormous cast. We don't just have Ethan Hawking with her, but also Alan Arkin and, and Jude Law and Ernest Borgnine and very tiny appearances, I guess, from Maya Rudolph and uh, uh, Dean Norris. Dean Norris yeah. like, and, and on and on. Like, I don't know. It's I thought that everybody did a good job. I just think that. I don't know. The brother, the 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 blood brother stuff felt very tropey to me, mm. and uh, I thought Jude Law was a highlight of this movie. <laughs> I really enjoyed his performance. Yeah, I agree. I think Jude Law was a highlight to this movie. 
Yeah, in some ways, what it suffered from to me is it feels like a short story that basically got turned into a movie, and they felt like they needed to flesh it out a little bit more, and so yeah. they added some more padding. <laughs> but I, I think what worked for me was that it was so basic. Yeah, it had a very strong opinion, as you said. Like it had a lot of metaphor. It had a lot of stuff that it was trying to push. Uh, it had a point. It was trying to make a point, but it also managed to be interesting to watch for the most part. So I thought that was pretty cool. Apparently, so though those um, exteriors and the interior shots were filmed at Frank Lloyd Wright's 1960 Marin County Civic Center in San Rafael, California. Nice. So that's cool. I thought the production design was mostly pretty good. Like, I liked the look of it. It has one of those weird retro... Like, it was. it's weird because it's it's of the era, and yet at the same time, it has... Like a retro, it reminded me of like Severance or something, right? With like the computers, yes, even absolutely. though those were the, that was basically the technology of the time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, I, I thought it did have a, a cool look and I thought that it was interesting. Like it's, it's, it's angering, right? Like mm-hmm. the, and I think part of the movie's key thesis is discrimination is bad and I support this message. And here it's like, it's really, there's such cruelty in, like even just the diagnosis at birth of oh okay well this person has a ninety nine percent chance your baby has a ninety nine percent chance of dying from a heart related issue right yeah like, oh yeah sorry yeah. yeah that's those scenes early on I felt like with him as a kid were hard as a parent to watch <laughs> like yeah. I just you know having the the idea that your kid you know would be basically told their fate in theory right from the yep. outset of their birth is just like it's just it's a disturbing and unfor like really upsetting thought. <laughs> So I thought that was effective, like in terms of it, and and certainly, while we haven't gone down this explicit route in our society, like it's hard to argue that there isn't an implicit aspect of it. Certainly, I mean it's it's more socioeconomic than genetic, still. But that's I think the point they're basically trying to make, right? Like that right. this is this is happening already. Have you seen Andrew Nichols' movie In Time? Uh, is that the one with Justin Timberlake? Yes. I, mean, I have not, Justin but I'm familiar so, with it. So I saw it, and I was seeing in the Wikipedia article for Gattaca that he calls In Time a bastardization of... Of Gattaca? Of Gattaca. And I get it, because in time, like you have a finite amount of time that everybody lives, and you can you can donate some of your life expectancy to other people, <laughs> some of your, your time, your lifespan to other people as currency. And I, I didn't remember as we were watching that this that was also an Andrew Nichol film. But yeah, I, hmm. I you can see the uh, the bloodline. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Through those yeah. two. Yeah. I, I I enjoyed a lot of the little performances. I mean, you don't get a lot of time with uh, uh, Ernest Borgnine or some of the other characters, but I enjoyed their they they're colorful. I thought Alan Arkin was my other favorite. Honestly. Yes, he was. I he was pretty great. Greatly enjoyed him doing just his. Uh, Alan Arkin, you like? I'm just a cop. I'm in, I'm supposed to investigate. What do you want me to do? Do you know uh, Gore Vidal's birth first name? By the way, uh, Al Eugene. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, did you also notice another cameo that I missed? Is the trainer at the uh, when they're running on the treadmills? Is Who's the trainer? It's Gabrielle Reese, who is a, a professional volleyball player. Oh wow! But I. I enjoyed this. Sorry, this is totally tangential, but I have. I was looking at her Wikipedia page, and it mentions that when uh, her friends include 
John Cusack, John McEnroe, and John C. McGinley. And I was like, that is a bunch of Johns that I want to hang out with. (laughs) (laughs) Except for John McEnroe, because he's kind of a jerk. (laughs) But anyways, yeah, this movie is like jam-packed with well-known people. And I agree. I feel like uh, this pretty... (laughs) Sorry. Really really learning great Wikipedia facts. Lauren Dean, who played the brother slash uh, uh, detective. Spoiler. Has a whole section of his Wikipedia page about how he has been repeatedly impersonated by a con artist named Lauren Dean Breckenridge III. Wow. (laughs) This is amazing. Lauren Dean Breckenridge III, you suck. Yeah. This show doesn't like you. I'm guessing that wasn't his name (laughs) by default. Uh, but I mean, so listen, I, I didn't, I was afraid of not liking this movie at all before I knew what it was about. Mm-hmm. Cause like, it's just, it is funny to me to imagine myself watching a movie called <laughs> Gattaca. I don't know. Just, <laughs> it feels on the far end of sci-fi for me. Uh, but I, 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 I definitely did not hate it. And sometimes you and I have talked about this a lot. Like sometimes when you're watching movies that are a little bit older and you're like, if they were trope definers, then it's hard to judge them for having those tropes if they were new. But this, it feels recycled to me, even of its era, some of it. Especially the brother rivalry stuff. I guess. I guess I see that. I I think I yeah. I think I liked it overall better than you, and maybe that's just part of my fondness for sci-fi more. It definitely has a vibe of like a certain era of science fiction, like I don't know, J.G. Ballard or something like that, sixties, seventies science fiction, where it's like really big on like high concept ideas and it is not. I would say it's not like an aqua. I wouldn't put this in like my you know highest tier of movies because i do think there's stuff that doesn't age well just from a, like a technical perspective i agree with you about like yeah. the the like expositionary dialogue and some of the shots i found a little bit dated there's like that shot where they're running away from the cops after they like run out of the club and it's like following their legs and it's like almost like a steady cam shot or something bouncing yeah. up and down and i was like i don't i don't care for this <laughs> this feels <laughs> this feels cheap and and the ending to me as i commented I, I guess they're leaning even heavier into the metaphor with like the where he's on the ship going up because he's like literally just wearing a suit, <laughs> like yes. a, dis, a, a suit and tie, and he's in a spaceship and they're just shining lights over his face. And it's like, I think we all know this isn't what going space is like. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, let's just acknowledge that this is more about so we can have the parallelism with Jude Law uh, immolating himself. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I uh, Jude Law choosing, you know, suicide at the end was. I mean, that's that's a. It's like we were saying as we watched. That's a rough way to go. <laughs> um, and he's another one. Like like you said, I I really liked his performance. It's hard to understand his character. Right? It's hard. To, like we were discussing as we watched, yeah. what is he living for now while he gives of his DNA to the guy whose name I forgot. What's Ethan, Ethan Hawke. <laughs> Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. I was, I was like, Edwin Hawke does not sound right. But so, like, it's hard to see what joy from life he's getting at that point, unless he's just excited to see how Ethan Hawke can succeed using his DNA. I don't know. But uh, he, he, and like, we never see um, Tony Shalhoub ever again after yeah, his right. one big moment. Uh, but the, a lot of that is dark, right? Like, just uh, leveraging somebody's, a living human's blood and urine and hair, mm-hmm. et cetera, to identify yourself as them for what seems like years. It's, that's, uh, it, it's all dark, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. I mean, I think it's intentionally dark. It, it feels yeah. very much like a, you know, it's a commentary, right? And like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I agree with you. I don't 
I don't, I don't like the decision he made, but from like a movie perspective, it is in line with his character, and so yeah, yeah, that's fine. But yeah, it is a, uh, it is uncomfortably dark. Yeah, that he is like, you know, in theory, this guy who's been given every advantage, but also because the fact that he is essentially now paralyzed, society has also cast him off, even though he was born with every advantage, right? Like, you know, that's. <laughs> pretty damning as well just as badly as they treat uh ethan hawk's character in some ways so you know there is a commentary on sort of ableism in there too like the fact that their house has that giant st- spiral staircase right it's not accessible yes. people <laughs> that's right. not yes. not accessible yeah. but good metaphor again good visual metaphor for dna sure yeah as you pointed out but no i mean so i uh, listen dan I'm I'm always glad to watch movies with you, and this one was I, I like hearing your take on it. Like I think you have you have made me like it slightly more. I okay. still think that some of it was a little wooden, but I liked right, it. Fair. I did like it's it. fair. It's fair. Yeah, I'm I'm with you in that. For me, it's in the solid. It's in a solid B range. Like I think it might get to a B plus, but like uh, I give it a solid B. I'm gonna go solid B. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely not gonna go B plus. Okay, fair enough. Sorry, sorry. Come at me, Jude Law. <laughs> no, don't don't let Jude Law come at you. I'm trying to think how many of these people have been in Marvel movies. I was just <laughs> running down the list in my head. Both Jude Law and Ethan Hawke have been in Marvel, not movies, but Marvel properties. So good for them. I don't think Uma Thurman has. I have to go. Home. I don't think so. Though. Uma Thurman simply is a superhero. So she is a superhero. She's pretty fantastic. Marvel. All right. Well, that brings to a close season nine of Not Playing, Amazing. which means there's only one question. What's up with season 10? I don't mm. know. We haven't really figured it out yet. We're only going to watch movies that are the 10th in the series. <laughs> I was going to say only movies with 10 in the title. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or movies with T, E, and N in their titles. Ooh, like Gattaca, but like with T watch, and N. We could watch Now and Then. That okay. Would be, that would be allowed. I've seen that one. Okay, sure. Yeah, uh, we could watch Fast 10 of Fast and Furious. <laughs> that nope. nails several of those. Hard to climb. Well, uh, we have some ideas. We'll, um, we'll, we'll be yours. You can find us on the internet and tell us what you think. Yeah, You'll find us fine. on some social network. And yeah, we'll go you, from there. Yeah, uh, your Mastodons, your Blue Skies, your Threads. Of course, if you're a member of the Incomparable, you can always find us on the Incomparable member Discord. But as always, Dan, it's been a pleasure watching all eight of these movies this season with you. Indeed. And uh, until next time, you and our listeners should <laughs> keep watching the films dna <laughs> keep watching the the ships launch that's let's keep watching the rockets launch because that's watching the rockets the there blasting go. off to Titan. we did it we should end this see you next season <laughs> goodbye <laughs>